is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. going on guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your friday night smackdown post show for april 14th 2023 i am your host jd from new york actually no we're we're, uh, we're actually uh i had the wrong thing man holy shit got i'm lucky i saved that right before man we were gonna go the actual old venue man no no we're, we're operating out of my mother's basement tonight man God damn it, man. Nobody wants to be upstairs. Everybody wants to be down here, man. It is April 14th, 2023. I'm your host, J.D. from New York. As always, coming to you from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be. Smackdown tonight, man. Uh, another ho-hum, ordinary... Not really all that important show by WWE audio. There's no audio. There's no audio? Yes, there is. There is audio. What is going on? Feedback? I don't know, man. Let me see. You know what? Hold on one second. Can you guys hear me now? Actually, oh, no, no, no. I, I know what it is. 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 Hold on. Is that better? Is that, is that, is that better? I know that's got to be better, man. Because I know exactly what the problem was. I know exactly what the problem was. I'm not going to I'm not even going to continue the show until I know There you go. Okay. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh my goodness, man. Oh my. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't know what the fuck is going on this week, man. This has been a fucking terrible week, man. This, this has been a terrible week. You never know. You never know what's going to happen, bro. Do you want to know what the fucking problem is? Do you want to know? what? First of all, my PC took about 10 minutes to fucking boot up today. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I, I, as soon as I got home from the gym, I'm like, this is going to be a fucked up night. Something's going to go wrong. And I knew something was going to go wrong. So what I figured it out was, it was, and thank God, thank God I did not go into the other scene uh, that I have where I usually stand up in front of the bar. It was my wireless microphone. It was plugged in and all of a sudden, it's not even on. It wasn't even on. And it was giving that buzzing sound to everybody on the stream. So I, I apologize. I, now I know that I have to unplug the fucking thing before I actually do anything. I wasn't really planning on using that scene tonight. Uh, but uh, now we have confirmation that we're not going to go downstairs to my mother's basement. So uh, that is uh, the problem there. And uh, I'm going to fire Jesse. I'm going to blame Jesse. And uh, these technical difficulties shouldn't be happening while I'm live on the air, okay? Somebody get this guy the memo and get him the fuck out of here, okay? He's, all, he's too busy watching fucking ROH to take care of my fucking sound. Jesse's fired, okay? You're not going to see him on Wednesday night. I'm going to get a new host on Wednesday nights. Now that we got that fixed, I apologize. A little technical hiccup, a little technical difficulty. But... um. Tonight's SmackDown, man, it was, uh, it was a ho-hum show, very ordinary show. Uh, nothing, nothing really crazy happened, but it was a solid two hours. There he is. There he is. Bro, you're fired, man. I got to get rid of you. Uh, it was a solid two hours of wrestling tonight, and Vince McMahon was not backstage, and he could, uh, he could not be backstage on any given week. But that doesn't mean he is not a part of the creative aspect of the show because everything eventually filters through Vince McMahon. You know that. I know it. I'm not going to make a big deal about it. He's booking the shit at a higher level. He's taking care of shit at the top of the card. It is very, very much apparent. Outside the great wrestling tonight, there wasn't really any big storyline developments. That happened on SmackDown, except for one little thing that Paul Heyman did at the end of the show. And I took great notice of this while I was watching Paul Heyman announce that the Usos will get their rematch against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. Uh, and that is happening in two weeks on SmackDown. Now, a lot of people are wondering, and this was the narrative as soon as it was announced, Last night on social media, WWE has canceled the King of the Ring. Now, I don't want to say that he's back, but one of the first things that Triple H did was get rid of gimmick pay-per-views, and he wanted to go back and bring back traditional WWE gimmicks. King of the Ring is something that has sorely been missed on WWE television. King of the Ring has been announced now for what, two months? King of the Ring has been announced for two months. This was announced way before WrestleMania was uh, even put together. So that was going to be the next Saudi show. 
the king and the queen of the ring. WWE even trademarked queen of the ring, getting you ready for what should be a yearly tradition in WWE. Last night, they, they canceled. They canceled that show, renamed it. It's still happening in Saudi Arabia. It's still happening that weekend, Memorial Day weekend. But it's no longer King of the Ring. It is now Night of Champions. Paul Heyman did something, and, and, and I want to discuss what he did before I get into what point I want to make here. Paul Heyman announced that the Usos, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens will be having a rematch from night one of WrestleMania. Tag team titles on the line. So Heyman looked in the direction of the Usos while mentioning that Roman Reigns was losing patience. But at the same time, he looked at Jay and Jimmy Uso, more so Jay Uso. He was pointing over to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. He's losing patience. Well, he's pointing at the champions, but he's looking at the Usos. So I know you guys know, and a lot of people were upset that Cody Rhodes lost at WrestleMania. And I feel that it was the right decision. I'm not going back on that whatsoever. I feel that with Cody losing, they had bigger plans in mind. They wanted the story to play out. People like me were saying Cody needs adversity. Cody needs a mountain to climb. Cody needs to struggle a little bit to make the story even greater. Going into the eventual title win, you can't really give him the championship on that first try. Otherwise, what are we doing here? The chase is better than winning the championship on your first given try. Also, I never looked at WWE in the way that a lot of people did going into WrestleMania, where they would just abandon Roman Reigns and his 1,000-day title reign. I also looked at what a lot of people didn't really want to mention because they're fucking blind and dumb. I, I don't look at WWE taking somebody like Roman Reigns, who they put 11 years of effort, blood, sweat, and tears into, and Cody said it himself, the first eight years of this experiment failed, and then the last three years is where WWE started to reap their benefits with Roman Reigns. I don't look at Roman Reigns and all that WWE has done with him. And then look at Cody. No matter how great Cody is, we all love Cody, right? Cody Rhodes is the American hero. He's the baby face that's, that's going to overcome all the odds. WWE was never going to give Cody Rhodes an AEW EVP. The world championship that Roman has been holding for a thousand days on his first try. They would never let that happen. I don't know why anybody thought that would be a thing. I mean, it may not be the thing, but it certainly played an aspect in that. Additionally, I genuinely feel that Triple H had no say at all and what happened with Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. Triple H is nothing more than a face with a title. That's all he is. Does he have power? Sure. Triple H has some power. Triple H has some creative pull in the company. Triple H is going to need to play that role while the master 
is working the strings in the shadows. That's the way it is. That is what is going on right now. If you don't want to hear it, you could go listen to somebody else who will lie to you like they lied all these months about him being back. Go ahead. I don't want you here. That is what is going on. Triple H. Everybody thinks oh, Triple H. Triple H booked the main event of WrestleMania. He made that decision to continue the story. Triple H went into the post-show media scrum and said the story is always evolving. This was chapter one. Then the story continues, right? That's what he was told to say. He gave the fans and the Mark Media that was there, he gave them the typical WWE spiel. I don't think Triple H had anything to do with booking Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. Now, he might have had a say, but then we get Vince McMahon saying, oh, I'm booking at a higher power. At a higher level. I'm not in the weeds anymore. So what does that mean? That means he's booking Roman Reigns. That means he's booking Brock Lesnar. That means he's booking Cody Rhodes. Vince McMahon is booking the main events of WrestleMania. He's booking the main events of every WWE show that you will see from this point on. Triple H will have a say. And that's as far as that goes. Do I think if Triple H was in charge completely, think if Vince McMahon was a non-entity, he doesn't exist. Do I think Triple H books Cody Rhodes to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? Yes, I do. I do. If Vince McMahon's influence was not in charge, I would have bet a lot of money on Triple H booking Cody to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. The reason why Cody didn't win and the reason why social media had a fucking stroke the night of and then bled into into Monday is because of Vince McMahon. Blame him. Blame him. Did he make the right decision? Yes, he did. Because I've been asking for it. And based on the storyline, it should have went that way. Now we look back and look at what happened, and look at what transpired. Then we get Cody and Brock on Monday. None of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. Oh, Cody, Cody is the target now for Brock Lesnar. Brock has a problem with his WrestleMania spot, pal. No, that's not, that, that, that's not a storyline. That's something that you threw legitimately at the wall, and you hope it sticks. Brock Lesnar's upset with his WrestleMania spot. Brock Lesnar sees Cody as a target, and he doesn't like the change Cody Rhodes is going to be bringing to the WWE. None of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. So we're going to get that match. That is the main event of Backlash. Vince will be booking that match. Vince is going to have a say in what happens there. Vince booked Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes. Not four weeks before WrestleMania. It was never the plan. It was booked day of. It was booked on that Monday. As soon as WrestleMania was over, they went back to the fucking hotel that they were staying at and they booked this this feud to take place on Monday Night Raw. So now we got the Backlash main event coming out of the WrestleMania main event with Roman. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are tag team champions. Usos are getting their rematch. And Paul Heyman says what he says tonight. While looking at the champions and saying that the Tribal Chief is losing patience. While looking at the Usos. 
WWE strategically changed the King of the Ring and Queen of the Ring to Knight of Champions for one very specific reason. This is a hot take. This is my opinion. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but this is my opinion on this matter. Vince McMahon, theoretically, is looking at everything that's playing out right now, and we could see the the bloodline split going into that Night of Champions pay-per-view. Now, they're not going to win the tag team championships. They're not. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are not going to lose those tag team championships. I mean, that would be an absolute travesty. One of the worst booking decisions that WWE has ever done. On that night, Night of Champions, May 27th, 2023, Roman Reigns, with a win, will be 1,000 days as Universal Champion. Now, I may be crazy, and in theory, it it sounds fucking stupid that you wouldn't do it at WrestleMania, but you would opt to do it in Saudi Arabia. Brock loses to Cody at Backlash. That's all Cody needs. That's the mountain. That's Vince McMahon's grand idea. Cody beats Brock. Who else? Now, it's April 14th. I mean, we're... A little bit more than a month. We're five weeks away. But is there anybody on WWE television that is going to challenge Roman Reigns that you see right now on Raw and on SmackDown at Night of Champions? Is there a legit number one contender for the Universal Championship? Lesnar can't challenge for it while Roman is champion. Riddle can't challenge for it as long as Roman is champion. Who else is there on the roster that is going to challenge a major name? This is not some rinky-dink show. They put on big matches for this audience in Saudi Arabia. I don't want to say that it's going to be, but there's a reason why they changed Night of Champions or King of the Ring to Night of Champions. Will Cody beat Brock and then beat Roman? at Night of Champions, and that is his crowning moment. Changes were made for a reason. Changes were made for a reason. We can sit here and cite, oh yeah, Vince McMahon doesn't like tournaments, which is true. Vince McMahon got rid of King of the Ring. For all we know, WWE would still be doing the King of the Ring and then do the finals at that show. But they have a bigger plan in mind. There's a reason why Cody didn't win at WrestleMania. There's a reason why Cody was put into a feud with Brock Lesnar. That doesn't make any sense. And there's a reason why King of the Ring was canceled as an event and renamed Night of Champions coincidentally on the same day that Roman Reigns is going to achieve 1,000 days as Universal Champion. Is Cody Rhodes going to get his crowning moment at Night of Champions, beat Roman, and win at Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia? I don't know. I don't know. At that, uh, Listen, I don't want it to happen. I don't want it to happen. But the glaring, the glaring situation that Paul Heyman did tonight. I mean, we know the Usos are not beating Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So at that point, Roman Reigns is going to lose patience with the Usos. And I said it weeks ago. Roman is not losing the championship on a fluke pin He's not losing the championship on a clean pin. 
Roman Reigns is going to lose because Jay Uso is going to ruin the title reign. The Usos. It could be the Usos, but everybody's looking at Jay Uso. Jay Uso could could be the one. The storyline started with him. It ends with him. Jay Uso could be the one to turn on Roman. After all that Roman does, he's losing patience. Turn on Roman and cost him the world championships. Roman's not losing those championships clean, no matter how you look at it. He's not losing them clean. He's going to lose them, but he's not losing them clean. He's losing them because of his attitude and the way he treats his family. And the Usos are going to be those people to ruin the title reign of Roman Reigns. I don't want it to happen. I don't want it. I don't want it to happen at Night of Champions. I don't. But stranger things have happened with these Saudi Arabia shows. WWE usually puts on big matches. Right now, they got nobody big enough to challenge Roman at that show. He's run through everybody. Who are you going to put in the ring? He's going to be there. He's not wrestling at Backlash, but he's going to be there. How many weeks is he going to be on TV to even build to a new opponent for the world championships? He's not even on TV right now, and he's not going to be on TV. He may have two appearances in the next five weeks for all we know. It's not enough time to build up a new, brand new challenger. I don't want to sit here and tell you that is what's going to happen. That's why I prefaced it with a hot take. And that's what made me think Going into the change last night, they had to change it for a reason. We can't sit here and say, I don't like tournaments, pal. Yes, we know Vince is in charge, but Vince is pulling the strings in regards to the world championship. He is. You can name anybody you want. You can name anybody you want. It's not going to be a mega match. It's not. SummerSlam would ideally be the situation. But does Vince have patience for that? I don't know. All we know is that the Usos are going to be in the doghouse when they lose that rematch against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. That's all we know. So ponder that. Sit on that. It's an idea. Not saying that it's going to be that situation. But I wanted to give you guys a topical discussion to start the show tonight. Just based off what we've seen with Paul Heyman and the Usos and that stare that he gave the Usos while pointing at the ch- uh, at the champions tonight as he made that rematch for two weeks from now on SmackDown. And, and by the way, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are not going to Saudi Arabia. I don't think they lose the tag team championships. A lot of people were worried about them losing the tag team championships back to the Usos because they're not going to be able to make the trip over there and defend the tag team titles at a show that is called Night of Champions. How could you have Night of Champions if the tag team titles aren't being defended? I get it. I understand it. But that's why I said the WWE may actually do the King of the Ring and the Queen of the Ring to kind of offset the tag team championships not being there. It's going to be very interesting next five or six weeks for WWE. So let me know what you guys think about that. Shinsuke Nakamura showed up tonight. Nothing new, nothing exciting. It's great to hear his theme music again. The fans were singing along. He squashed Madcap Moss tonight in what was a quick match. And then WWE quickly set up a feud between Nakamura and Karrion Cross. 
Now, if you guys don't know the story between Cross and Nakamura, I believe they actually train in karate together. Jiu-jitsu, if I'm not mistaken. So, Cross posted something on Twitter tonight where he was actually photographed with Nakamura, and they were in their ninja get-ups, or karate get-ups, rather. And it's going to be an interesting feud. I don't know why until we hear from Cross about why he's targeting Nakamura. And Cross is a man of, you know, many words. He's got a great promo. He carries himself incredibly well. He will let the story, you know, out there when we see him again. I'm very confident in that. Uh, It's up to WWE if they want to make this into a decent little undercard feud for SmackDown. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But the reason why you're seeing feuds like this, these kind of in-between feuds, these quick little feuds, rematches happening on SmackDown. We got Ricochet and Braun Strowman against the Viking Raiders next week. They're fucking around with the women's tag team titles. WWE's got a draft in two weeks. Legitimately, at the end of April, two we- legitimately in two weeks. Two weeks from tonight on SmackDown, and then it will bleed into the Monday Night Raw uh, right before, I believe, uh, Backlash. So they're getting it ready before Backlash, before they go to Puerto Rico. That's why these shows and these matches don't really feel all that exciting because WWE is getting everybody ready for the draft. They're not going to give you a brand new feud, a brand new contender, uh, a brand new this, a brand new that. When they got a WWE draft coming up where they're going to turn over the entire roster. Both shows hopefully look vastly different in two weeks. Because God only knows they need it. So that's coming up. And that's why we're getting little feuds like this happening right now that don't really mean much of anything. Drew McIntyre. He was in the news. We'll go over him. Apparently a lot of people were uh, talking about it online. Noticed that he blacked out his Twitter. Now, he's not the only guy to do this in the last couple of weeks, last couple of months. Seth Rollins did it at one point. Uh, I believe Bailey did it at one point. Doesn't really mean much of anything, but he removed all all of the WWE notifications in his Twitter bio. He removed all of the WWE likeness from his Twitter bio. Now, a lot of people were like, well, he's still got WWE in his Twitter handle. You can't change your Twitter handle. Can't. But he took everything else out in his bio that was written there. I don't know what that means, but 
it could definitely play up the fact that McIntyre has reportedly been upset with WWE's lowball offer to him as a contract extension, and he's not very happy with the creative direction that he has right now in the company. So what does that mean? Is he taking a stand? Is he standing up for what he believes in, for what he thinks he's worth? Good. Good. I support people like that, man. A lot of people don't actually do that in the company. They just lay there and roll over and let Vince McMahon do whatever the fuck they want or what he wants to them. So if he's taking a stand, good. Could it mean a heel turn? Could it mean a character change? Sure. We don't really know. We'll never know. For all we know, he'll be back on TV in three weeks after the WWE draft. I don't know. But it's certainly a newsworthy piece of information because that's unlike Drew McIntyre. He's such a company guy. Why would he black out his profile picture and black out his Twitter profile after reports of him being upset and not getting the type of money that he deserves or he feels he deserves? I mean, it certainly lines up. So, yes, it is pertinent news tonight coming out of SmackDown for sure. Anyway, guys, we'll, uh, we'll get into all that. We'll have a great show tonight. I appreciate you all hanging out here tonight. Again, sorry about the technical difficulty, man. I'll, uh, I'll know for next time that I can't keep that fucking microphone plugged in. And uh, I got to go about just doing things the night of, man. I kept that microphone plugged in because I thought I was going to use it. I set everything up earlier. Nothing really was the problem earlier. And then all of a sudden I turned the stream on and there's buzzing. So I apologize for that. And if I blew your eardrums out, it doesn't happen often, man. Only when I yell about Vince McMahon. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast tonight, man. We got 2,500 people in here on a Friday night. I appreciate you all very much. If you are in the chat, I would love if you hit the thumbs up, man. We have 600 likes right now on the stream. No doubt about it. 1,000 likes minimum tonight on the podcast helps me out tremendously and you guys are a great part of that follow me on social media at JD from NY206 Twitter Instagram TikTok and Cameo make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel plenty of it we were live last night talking about the CM Punk situation a very divisive topic in the community some people want Punk back some people don't care that Punk comes back to AEW But we talk about it and why it's going to happen and why it is important that we as human beings sit down and talk shit out like adults. Honestly. Especially with the spirit of All In and what All In means where that company was four years ago. I think they all need to come together and become a family in the spirit of what that show means to the company. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys go get your free sample. Absolutely free sample. All you have to do is pay the shipping and handling. $5 shipping and handling. And you guys got your free sample of Blue Chew on me. Code JD at checkout. BlueChew.com. A great friend. And tonight's sponsor right here on the podcast. 
We're going to start with the top of SmackDown tonight, man. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens opened the show. And they were out there talking about their tag team title victory at WrestleMania. I mean, it's two weeks now removed from WrestleMania. They're still celebrating about WrestleMania. Not saying you can't be happy about winning the tag team titles in the main event of WrestleMania. But it's two weeks now. It's time to move on. There was a report out that Rhea Ripley, or an interview rather, it was reported on. That Rhea Ripley had a discussion with a podcast or an interview. She was interviewed and said that her and Charlotte Flair proved to everybody why they should have been the WrestleMania main event on night one. So now that makes Charlotte Flair crying, Ric Flair crying for his daughter who didn't main event WrestleMania. Boo-hoo-hoo. Yes, we get it, Rick. You love your fucking daughter. I get it. Okay? Now Rhea Ripley joins the parade of tears Because the tag team championships closed night one of WrestleMania. I don't know who needs to hear this, but Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair have nothing to be ashamed of. It will go down as one of the greatest women's matches in WrestleMania history. It was a great match. It was one of the best matches of the entire weekend. But the story going into the match sucked. It was awful. I don't know what you don't understand. The tag team titles were a year in the making. It absolutely deserved to be in the main event. No matter what happened and who won the Royal Rumble. WWE made the right decision. I don't know why we're still crying over this, man. Holy shit, get the fuck over yourself. It's a great match. Leave it at that. They had the better story. They had the WrestleMania story. I don't know why this is an issue. Ric Flair's upset. Bret Hart's upset. Everybody's upset. Bret Hart's upset for other reasons. He just can't stand pro wrestling in the current generation. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Bret Hart can go and complain about whatever the fuck he wants, man. He's one of the greatest of all time. If you criticize Bret's work... I don't really know if you're a wrestling fan, man. One of the greatest ever. He's like, he's like, Bret Hart is to wrestling what Greg Maddox was to the the Atlanta Braves, man. A fucking scientist out there. Dicing him up with a fucking 83 mile an hour changeup. Guy had below one ERAs every time he fucking went out there. Bret Hart, every time he went out there, man, he was like a fucking scientist. He just got it every time. And he got better with age. He can be angry about whatever the fuck he wants as far as I'm concerned. Plus, grumpy Brett makes me smile. WWE lately doesn't make me smile, man. Very boring. Kevin Owens is out there, though. Kevin Owens makes me smile. We love Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They're out there. Kevin Owens, by the way, still has Jesse blocked on social media. I don't know why, bro. I can't help you there. I can't help you there. I don't even think KO likes me. So... Fans are chanting Sammy. Sammy thanked the fans and then said that for the first time ever, the tag team championship match main event at WrestleMania. He said they closed out the night as champions. He said as amazing as it was, they haven't had time to process any of it because of everything going on with the bloodline and the upcoming WWE draft. Owens agreed with Sammy, but he says they know two things. One, 
They are the undisputed tag team champions. I, I, I honestly thought Kevin Owens was going to say, and two, every time there's a draft, I usually end up getting drafted to the opposite show, which is the case. Every time Owens is on a brand, every draft that there was, he's always drafted to the other show. I thought he was going to make a joke out of it. He did not. So they were in the main event for the tag team championships of WrestleMania. He says they closed out the night as champions. He says as amazing as it was, they haven't had time to process any of it. Owens agreed with Sammy. He says they know two things. One, they are the undisputed tag team champions. He said as hard as they've worked to win the titles, they will defend them with everything that they have every single time. Owens says... The second thing he knows is that sooner or later, the Usos are coming for a rematch. So the Usos interrupt. They walk out on stage with Solo Sokoa. Jimmy said it sounds like the pressure is getting to both of them, and they've only been champions for two weeks. Sammy said maybe they're right, and they don't know about pressure. He says they are the ones who have to report back every single week to their daddy, Roman Reigns. Jimmy mocked both of them to predict that that the bloodline is going to fold. Jimmy said the bloodline is more dangerous than ever before. He warned them about the savage coming out of Solo Sokoa. He says they will become nine-time WWE Tag Team Champions. Fans don't like the sound of that. They booed. Jay then exclaimed to everybody that there are no cracks in the bloodline But he told Sammy and KO that they're going to turn on each other. He predicted it would be Sammy who would turn on Owens, just like he backstabbed my whole damn family. Sammy says, listen, bro, I wish I was as good as you lying to yourself. He says they can pretend Reigns is okay with them losing the titles or that they are standing there with no cracks in the bloodline or that Solo wasn't ready to drop him last week. He said, that's fine, but he says they likely didn't come out here just to talk. The Usos and Solo surrounded the ring, and all of a sudden, Matt Riddle ran out from the crowd, I believe, and they all brawled. All six guys brawled. I love the fact that Matt Riddle came out to no theme music, and the fans knew who he was when he just popped up at ringside and started brawling with the Usos. Very simple. That is effective. It sounds ridiculous when the theme music goes off and then he runs out and it's just very staged and very choreographed. He ran out from the crowd. He gave the backup that Sammy and KO needed and there was a sneak attack on the bloodline. It's the way it should be done. Riddle took Solo down with a couple of flash knees. He set up for a top rope um, floating bro on Solo, but the Usos yanked Solo out of the ring to safety. And that was the way the segment came to a close. Uh, Some good stuff here. Some good stuff here. Obviously, it set up the six-man tag team match that I'm assuming we'll get at Backlash. Matt Riddle, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens versus Jimmy, Jay, and Solo Sokoa, the bloodline. This also set up that whatever Jay Uso is trying to say to Sami Zayn He's basically trying to pin this on Sami Zayn and tell Sami Zayn that he's wrong and deny that everything that Sami Zayn has said is bullshit. Meanwhile, Jay Uso knows firsthand that everything that Sami Zayn has said is the legit, honest truth. And he's just trying to deflect. Right now, Jay Uso is playing the role of someone who knows that Sami Zayn is right and he's trying to deflect 
and he's trying to pretend all is right in the bloodline when we know it is not. Because if it was, Paul Heyman at the end of the show would not have been looking at the Usos while pointing at Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens saying that the tribal chief is losing patience with both of you. Not Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. He's losing patience with Jimmy and Jay Uso. He's not losing patience with Solo Sokoa. He's not. He loves Solo. Solo does everything Roman asks. He's losing patience with Jimmy and Jay. So it's going to be a very interesting situation, man. The dynamic of the bloodline going into that Night of Champions show is going to be something that I want you guys to keep a close eye on. What I said in the beginning of the show is not going to happen per se. If it happens, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. We get a lot of shit right on this show before it even happens. But I'm just throwing it out there, man. Things have happened in the last 48 hours or so that really make me think. They were changes done on purpose. They weren't done because, hey, we didn't like the name of the show or Vince wants to cancel this because he hates tournaments. Night of Champions was made for a reason. The name of that show was made for a specific reason. And the fact that Roman Reigns, if he wins, is a thousand days universal champion, that was made for a specific reason. Who else is there on that roster right now that's going to challenge Roman Reigns for the undisputed championships? I don't know anybody. He's beaten everybody. Who the fuck else is there? That's going to make a mega match at one of those big WrestleMania-esque shows that the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia desires every six months. I don't know. If it's not Cody, I'd be shocked. It's going to be a very interesting five or six weeks leading into that Night of Champions pay-per-view. Adam Pearce, he told the referee to let Riddle and Solo know that they will wrestle each other in the main event tonight. Solo was the one who put Matt Riddle out per storyline for months. So it's nice that they're continuing that. And it also it also is building towards the six-man tag team match at Backlash for that big Puerto Rico show. Xavier Woods, he went one-on-one with L.A. Knight. Everybody loves L.A. Knight, man. Everybody's fucking pissed at WWE because L.A. Knight can't buy himself a fucking victory. Now, I don't want to say that Vince McMahon is booking L.A. Knight in the direction of L.A. Knight, but there was a little bit of a news drop during SmackDown, an interesting one, from the wrestling account WRKD Wrestling, who is an insider on Twitter, who's been dropping news as of late. WWE higher-ups are very pleased and very happy with LA Knight and the crowd reactions he's been getting at the live events They were impressed by the way he rolled with the creative that was given to him during his storyline with Bray Wyatt. He made it into something that became really interesting until Bray Wyatt fucked it all up. Or Vince McMahon fucked it up for Bray Wyatt because it just went completely downhill after the Royal Rumble. Triple H, according to WrestlingNews.co, wants to push LA Knight big after WrestleMania. What that means, I don't know. Then WRKD Wrestling on Twitter, they've had a pretty good track record of breaking shit as of late. They reported tonight that LA Knight has been discussed internally as the leading candidate to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. 
The last we heard on night is that he will be elevated this year, and the WRKD Wrestling Report lines up with that, where the news was reported by WrestlingNews.co that Triple H wants to give LA Knight a bigger push after WrestleMania. Vince McMahon has this tendency with the Money in the Bank briefcase or without the Money in the Bank briefcase, whoever is going to go on to win it, that they will lose a lot more than they win because what they hold or what they're about to win is a contract that gives them an opportunity at the World Championship for the next 12 months. WWE has done this time and time and time again. And the last instance that we saw it was with Austin Theory. How many times did he lose with that briefcase? Vince thinks that when you carry the briefcase, well, you're the number one contender already, and you got a guarantee world championship. It's not like you're winning to fight for the championship. You already have a championship in the bank. You can take a loss here, there, every week. It's exactly what they're doing with LA Knight. Fans are picking up on it. No matter how great he was tonight against Xavier Woods, and no matter how great LA Knight is and how over he's becoming week after week after week, he seemingly loses more than he wins. He beat Rey Mysterio, but that was with the help of Dominic. He didn't even win clean a couple of weeks ago. But he loses more than he wins. It's starting to piss people off. But I don't want to say it's a Vince McMahon thing, but it certainly lines up with the tendencies that we've seen about Vince McMahon. I don't know. So that remains to be seen. But, I mean, there are a couple of people on that roster that could win money in the bank. I mean, L.A. Knight certainly is at the top of the list. I mean, he's my number one. And he's a heel. And I think it would pop big if he won the fucking money in the bank briefcase, especially with that crowd over in the United Kingdom. Cody Rhodes could win money in the bank. That could be his win. Maybe he can't do anything, and maybe he loses to Brock at Backlash. We don't know. Maybe Cody loses to Brock, and maybe he wins the Money in the Bank briefcase to cash in at SummerSlam and become the American hero at Ford Field at SummerSlam against Roman. I don't know. It's been talked about. It's been thrown out there by every podcaster in the game on social media. Maybe Cody wins Money in the Bank. Maybe Cody wins King of the Ring. And that gives him the opportunity to win the opportunity at Roman Reigns. I don't know. I don't know. A couple of different ways you could go about it. But WRKD Wrestling says that LA Knight right now is the front runner to win Money in the Bank. And I have absolutely zero problems with that creative. Smash with, with Xavier Woods and LA Knight, man. This was a very good match. 12 minutes, very good TV match. Probably one of the best TV matches that you'll see all week. Knight got another big reaction. He started off slow with a side headlock. Woods escaped. Nice drop kick by Woods to, to drop LA Knight. Woods then took over with his own side headlock. Big dive out to the floor. Knight lured Woods on the outside to the opposite side of the ring. He sent Woods back first into the ring apron and then face first right into the steel ring post. We go to commercial break. Woods is in control. He missed the splash in the corner. Knight took advantage Hit a jumping neck breaker for a near fall. Woods started to make a babyface comeback. He avoided Knight, slid through his legs, hit a drop kick, goes for cover, gets a two count. Knight recovered with a nice looking DDT. Frustrated after a two count, Knight tried to suplex Woods out of the ring. Instead, Woods dropped Knight on the ropes, 
hit a double foot stomp to the back, landed on his feet. Then he climbs up top again off the second rope and hits a second rope leg drop. Knight grabbed the ropes, though, while the referee counted two and a half. Knight then used the very simple yet effective O'Connor roll, but he grabbed the tights. The referee saw that the tights were grabbed by Knight, trying to cheat, caught him. Woods recovered. He gave L.A. Knight an O'Connor roll, and he held the tights on L.A. Knight, and he beats L.A. Knight by cheating the same way that L.A. Knight tried to cheat to win just moments before. So it's not like L.A. Knight is losing these matches decisively. It's not like he's losing and, you know, he disappears into the fucking void and the fans are starting to revolt against him and get tired of him. He comes out, he's still over. Comes out, he's more over than the week prior. He loses matches, yes, but he's losing matches through these bullshit ways. Like tonight, Xavier Woods, a babyface, cheated to win by hooking the tights. So, I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's not. If the fans start showing zero reaction to LA Knight, then we should start worrying. I, don't, I would not worry about this at all. You know, it's funny. I put on social media after the match was over. Great match between these two men. They work very well together. In my honest opinion, and I may, I may uh, anger some people by saying this because, you know, Big E is a, is a popular guy. Kofi was a WWE champion. So was Big E. Xavier Woods has not had a singles run at a major championship ever, okay? He's been part of the New Day from the very beginning, and he hasn't really gotten his flowers yet. I said this on social media tonight, and it was almost like a Nostradamus moment. I said, Xavier Woods is the best of the three members of the New Day. He is. In my honest opinion, he is. He's the best wrestler out of all three. He's the most enjoyable to me to watch. I think he's the better promo out of all three guys. He, he, he to me, is the New Day, okay? He's my favorite of the New Day with what he does. He's the total package. Not to take anything away from Kofi and Biggie. But if Xavier Woods is to go solo, and it's been reported for years that Vince McMahon wants to split up the New Day, and it may actually happen in the draft. We don't know if Biggie's going to be coming back. We don't know if Biggie's ever going to wrestle again. You know, the New Day have literally done it all as a tag team. Maybe they go back to splitting them up and Kofi stays on SmackDown. Maybe Xavier goes to Raw or vice versa. Maybe Kofi goes to Raw and Xavier stays on SmackDown. But what if Xavier Woods goes solo and gets a singles run? I'd love to see him challenge for the Intercontinental Championship. I don't see Xavier Woods as a world champion. I didn't see Kofi Kingston as a world champion. Big E, I see as a world champion, but they fucked that up. They ruined his first time WWE Championship. And, you know, I, I've talked about that time and time and time again. I didn't like the way that they handled that. Big E versus Bobby Lashley should have been at that SummerSlam that year, two years ago. And instead, they wanted Lashley versus Goldberg at SummerSlam. So they missed the boat there. And I've talked about that a lot in the past. I don't see Xavier Woods as a world champion, but as a United States champion, as an Intercontinental Champion, I could see him win the Intercontinental Championship when the time is right. And I mean when Gunther is not involved with the IC title. I could see him win the IC title and carry that title for a little bit. And, and honestly, he deserves it. He does. 
He's put in the mileage. He's put in the work. He's excellent at what he does. He's over. He's a likable guy. His story is likable. He's just a great all-around fucking great pro wrestler. And I'd love to see him get an opportunity to do that. He won King of the Ring. They went nothing, they went nothing with that. It went nowhere. They did nothing with it. He won King of the Ring. He put on a fucking crown. They gave him a scepter and a fucking cape. And they gave him some shitty accent. And they made a joke out of it. That's the way Vince McMahon thinks about the King of the Ring. That's what he thinks about the King of the Ring. They did the same thing with Zelina Vega. He won a King of the Ring tournament, one of the most prestigious tournaments in the WWE. They made a, mo- a fucking joke out of it, a mockery out of it, and it went nowhere. Imagine Xavier Woods chasing the IC title as a babyface and then wins it with the right story. I say this because legitimately in the next segment, he's in the back and Imperium is talking strategy and they're talking in their, in their language. And then Xavier Woods comes out of nowhere and starts playing the trombone in front of Gunther, and Gunther turns around and says, well, it looked like you wanted my attention. Now you got it. He called him a geek. He says he doesn't respect the mat. Why don't you and I get in the ring and I'll fucking teach you how to respect the mat? So Xavier Woods versus Gunther was automatically made for the IC title on SmackDown. It was like legitimately a Nostradamus moment. Now he's not going to win the IC title. But WWE is throwing these matches out there because we have a draft in two weeks. What difference does it make? What difference does it make, really? Should be a fine match between Gunther and Xavier Woods. But I do think, even with a loss here, which is inevitable to Gunther, I I do think at some point a great story would be Xavier Woods going solo and chasing his first singles title. The story is there, and I think the fans would get behind it. Moving on. The WWE announced the draft will start in two weeks. I don't know what WWE's got planned for the draft. You know, there was a report, and this came from Louis Dangor on Twitter, one of the biggest fucking WWE marks that there is on Twitter, on the entire platform. He usually sits down with the team over at WrestleVotes, and they break some news Depending on what it is, they break the news. He wrote up an article as of this week in regards to Vince McMahon and his involvement in the WWE draft. Apparently, Vince McMahon will have no impact on the WWE draft. He's leaving it to Triple H 100%. Now, he took this this source, this news, made it into an article based off of a report from Ringside News. I don't know why that would be the case. Why are you citing Ringside News as a source? Ringside News is reporting that Vince McMahon will not be involved in the WWE draft and is instead leaving all the work to Triple H who's been serving as the chief content officer since July. They say, and I quote, we reached out to confirm Vince McMahon's involvement in the draft process, and we're told that he hasn't put his hands in the situation at all. In fact, a tenured member of the creative team informed us that Mr. McMahon has not offered any opinion on the draft. Yeah, just like how he is not in creative 
and how he isn't creative, but he's not in the weeds anymore, and he only operates in creative on a higher level. I don't believe anything that these people say. Now, you can take the report from Ringside News with a grain of salt. Triple H has said, no, Vince McMahon's not creative, a lie. Nick Khan has said, no, Vince is not creative, a lie. Frank Riddick held meetings in the back, a lie. Bruce Prichard, a lie. Kevin Dunn, a lie. They have all lied about his involvement. Every time there was a report, you'd get Sports Illustrated or ESPN or Fightful to come out and dumb down the reports. Ah, Vince McMahon wasn't there. He wasn't backstage. He was only wearing a headset and looking at his phone when John Cena was there. He was only there to visit John Cena. Are you fucking serious? Lie, 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 lie. The company is going to be in bed with whoever gets the narrative out there that they want. If everybody was reporting Vince McMahon was in charge and WWE said, yeah, Vince is in charge, then it would, then it would be a problem. Everybody's saying Vince is in charge. What do you think WWE is going to do? Say, yeah, 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 you know, Vince McMahon is in charge, man. He's running the whole show. Of course, they're going to come out and say, you know, Vince has no involvement whatsoever. He's not a part of anything whatsoever. You mean to tell me that WWE as a whole, think about this. Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon's WWE as a whole, Raw and SmackDown, everybody, right? Raw, SmackDown, NXT. You mean to tell me that the WWE as we know it right now, the TV product as we know it is going to be blown up and fucking changed in every way, right? The rosters are going to look different than what we see now. You mean to tell me that Vince McMahon is not going to be a part of how the shows and how the rosters look in two weeks? You might be the biggest fucking fool on the face of the planet if you believe that Vince McMahon is not going to have a say in what happens in the draft. This is his show, it is his company, and he will do what the fuck he wants. Triple H is only in charge by title alone. He needs a good fall guy. He needs a good spokesman. Vince can't do it in the public limelight anymore by himself. Otherwise, people will start knowing a little bit more than they do now. So what is he doing? He's got his son-in-law doing all the fucking back-breaking dirty work while Vince McMahon sits in Stamford, Connecticut, picks up the fucking phone, and then tells Triple H to change whatever the fuck he doesn't like. Ah, son-in-law, I'm going to need you to fax over that raw timesheet and let me see what you got planned. And then three hours later, which, you know, it could be 7 o'clock, 7.30, 8 o'clock, he'll make the changes appropriate, and then... The changes that you see on Raw come from Vince McMahon. This is the way it happens. This is the way it's going to be. But if you think Triple H is booking the draft 100%, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't know who you are. Holy shit, man. Get with the fucking program. Now, the one thing, I pray to God. I pray to God here, man. The one thing, Triple H says this, this, this draft is going to be game-changing, right? I don't know what they're doing. I hope to God that they do something unique and different than what we've seen in years past. But I swear to fucking God, 
can we not can we not send the roster members out there wearing team blue shirts, SmackDown shirts, and team raw red shirts? God, that looks so cringe. It looks so cringe. The draft would mean so much more and it would come off so much more better than what WWE usually does if they just send their fucking roster members out there as themselves. Why do they need to represent a brand by wearing a raw tank top? Please. For the love of God, no. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I hate it. It looks so low budget. I can't even fucking begin to express it to you. Sami Zayn was in the back. He was worried about Riddle taking on Solo Sokoa tonight. He told him to be careful. Kevin Owens disagreed and noted Sokoa injured Riddle months ago. Riddle will do things his way and promises to beat Solo Sokoa tonight. Solo's not losing. Solo lost to Cody, and that is going to be his only loss in a very, very long time. Kayla Braxton interviewed Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley, and Dominic Mysterio. Kayla said Zelina kind of embarrassed Ripley last week. Dominic told her she doesn't want to make mommy mad. Priest said Escobar can go, but he can't pick friends. He says he shouldn't have gotten involved in their business. He said regarding bad bunny, I'll address bunny in the ring. So they're in the ring, and Priest is on the microphone, and he warns Bad Bunny not to put his hands on his family ever again. So we saw the clip again aired of Damian Priest chokeslamming Bad Bunny through the table. Priest says he knows what he did to Bunny was bad, but he wanted it to be replayed again. So they replayed the chokeslam. Ripley and Dominic laughed. Zelina then walked out. And we got the big LWO logo on the Titantron. She got a nice little pop. Fans are loving the LWO. I think that was a great move to bring back that group that Eddie Guerrero was so synonymous for. So Zelina walked out, got the attention of the Judgment Day, and from behind, Legado del Fantasma attacked Judgment Day from behind to get the advantage on Judgment Day. So Damian Priest wrestled Santos Escobar, man. This was a very good match. If you guys don't know how good Santos Escobar is, uh, you are starting to realize how good he is now. And Damian Priest, man, he has elevated his game in 2023. I'm telling you, man, Judgment Day is legit. Damian Priest is... Remember, I want you guys to remember what Vince McMahon was doing with Damian Priest. Do you remember what Vince McMahon was doing with Damian Priest? He, he had this split personality. It was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, right? It, it was almost like he, he gave Damian Priest the, the uh, Festus gimmick. When the bell rang, he got fucking... He got like, like the Incredible Hulk, right? So that's exactly what they did with Damian Priest. They, they gave him this split personality. And then he calmed down. Awful. I, I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why anybody would want this man back in creative. I really don't get it. 
Man, with that level of creative, holy shit, man. What are we missing? What are we really missing? You missed that? Guy was a fucking loser. Guy was coming out and getting no reaction. He got silenced. Honestly. So, Judgment Day's killing it. Damian Priest has elevated his game. And this match was very good with Santos Escobar. So, Priest was in control for a little bit. Escobar started to come back and he rallied a babyface comeback. Sent Priest into the corner with a nice looking head scissors. Landed a big roundhouse kick followed by a top rope moonsault press for two. Uh, Escobar lifted Priest onto his shoulders and Ripley distracted the ref as Dominic then yanked Priest off of Escobar. Priest then hit Escobar with a clothesline. Uh, Joaquin Wilde and Cruz Del Toro attacked Dominic. Priest dropped to ringside and shoved Del Toro and Wilde over the barricade into the timekeeper's area. Escobar leapt through the ropes and speared Priest. Ripley then grabbed Escobar's leg. Zelina came around. And gave Ripley a her and Karana on the outside. We may be looking at those two ladies battle it out for the SmackDown women's title in Puerto Rico. Uh, Priest then gave Escobar the South of Heaven. And that was it. One, two, three. And Escobar loses to Damian Priest. Good match. Good match. Uh, a lot of chaos on the outside. Judgment Day and the LWO continue their feud. Obviously, Rey Mysterio still involved. Priest cleared the announced desk and set up Escobar for another chokeslam the same way he did to Bad Bunny. And Rey Mysterio comes out and saves the day. Blindsided Priest and attacked him. Rey then punched away at Dominic in the ring. Went for a 619, but Priest yanked Dominic to safety. Rey and Legato stood in the ring and they were all donning the LWO t shirts. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, that match with Bad Bunny is going to be very, very exciting, man. Uh, I'm very curious to see what Bad Bunny is going to bring to the table in Puerto Rico. Uh, I think he's going to go out there and try and steal the show. So I'm very excited to see where they go with that. And the Judgment Day versus the LWO. It's going to be the next big faction warfare that Triple H takes care of in WWE. The Usos and Paul Heyman were standing backstage with Solo. Heyman said he just got off the phone with Roman Reigns. He said when someone embarrasses one of them, they embarrass all of them. Sika, Afa, Umaga, Yoko Zuna, Rikishi. Solo then turned to Heyman, put his hand up, said stop, and said with a slow, very intense voice, tell the tribal chief, I got this. So Heyman was stunned that Solo actually spoke up for himself, picked up his phone, walked away, and called the tribal chief. If there's been one thing on WWE television that they've done to perfection, it is Solo Sokoa. I don't know where they're going with Solo. I don't know what grand plan they have for Solo. But right now, man, as his character continues to develop in the Triple H era... It's fucking great to see, man. It really is. You don't think that kid is going to be set up for the main event in a year or two? That's your next big main event guy coming out of the Anawahi family. No doubt about it. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Great. We get to see the new tag team champions, man. Smiley Raquel 
and, and Liv Morgan. Raquel is in the ring with Liv, and Raquel thanked Liv for working so hard toward their success. What, 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 are, you, what are you talking about? You worked hard. Trish Stratus was in there botching left and right. What the fuck are you talking about? She blew it for her team. If Trish wasn't in there, you might have lost. Liv thanked her and said that they're just getting to know each other. So imagine how much better they can be this time as champions. And as time goes on, Sonia Deville walks out with Chelsea Green. Deville said she was getting sick to her stomach listening to them. So that's why she's out here. She also demanded proper respect from the fans. So they walk towards the ring. Deville says they didn't even beat the actual tag team champions. She brought up how Lita was attacked. She said maybe upper management overlooked everything. Green said it was that pea-brained Adam Pierce. Green and Deville took issue with being overlooked for this mediocre tag team. Chelsea Green asked if they know who they are. Liv says they know who they are. And after they talk to Pierce, they'll be their next challenges. Liv and Raquel attack Green and DeVille, and then both of them fled up the ramp. I don't know how anybody could sit here and be excited about this. I mean, this is absolutely a waste of everybody's time. The Women's Tag Team Championships are in, and they've always been, in the worst fucking state ever. Liv and Raquel are, are a meaningless tag team, and they're biding their time until Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey are somewhat close to healthy, and then the titles are going to be transitioned off of Liv and Raquel to Shayna and Ronda. And then I will ask, on that same night, I will say this, and you guys can fucking quote me, what difference does it make who holds the tag team championships if it's Shayna and Ronda or Liv and Raquel. What is the difference? Who the tag team champions are? It will mean nothing. I would burn the titles. That's what I would pay for. I would legit pay pay-per-view money to see someone in WWE light the fucking titles on fire and roast marshmallows on it. Doesn't sound that bad, actually. A nice s'mores, some graham crackers, some Hershey's chocolate, some marshmallows, sit by the fucking fire with a cold beverage and watch the fucking titles melt into goddamn dust. That's what I would pay for. A complete waste of time. But we need women's equality. Whatever the women have, the men have, the women have to have. Meanwhile, you have how many tag teams in this company? One. One. One legit tag team. Shayna and Ronda. That's it. Everybody else either broke up or they are just a makeshift tag team that randomly is paired together with a random name generator. Who do we team up with Natalia tonight? How many shits is JD gonna give? None. None. Give me a fucking break. Moving on. Emma, she's backstage with Madcap Moss. Is the draft going to end up changing his name? I hope so. Madcap and Emma are backstage, and Emma told Madcap that Nakamura doesn't have his looks. 
She may be right on that. She may be partially correct on that. Or his strength. I don't know about that. I don't know, man. You know, Emma's, Emma's batting two for two over here, man. So he should go out there and prove he should be the top pick in this year's draft. Then she says, Nakamura didn't win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. You did. He doesn't have a Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal victory under his belt. Are we now throwing the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal out there as some sort of accolade that someone's supposed to take serious? I mean, Nakamura won a fucking Royal Rumble. I didn't see you mention that. Not that the Royal Rumble meant anything. You know, Nakamura won his Royal Rumble. I'd love to know if Nakamura... Somebody somebody, fill me in, man. Somebody, somebody fill me in. Nakamura won the Royal Rumble. Did he main event that WrestleMania that year with AJ Styles? I don't know, man. Did Nakamura go on social media and fucking cry to everybody that he didn't main event WrestleMania? Did AJ Styles cry? Ridiculous. Nakamura wins in two minutes. Two minutes. Nakamura's back. They give him a squash match. And he landed a flying knee. Kinshasa. Easy. Easy. After the match was over, Metcap and Emma were upset. And apparently Metcap was throwing a fit. Emma was very angry at Metcap. I don't know what they got planned there. It seems like they are going heel for the upcoming WWE draft and zero fucks were given. A vignette aired after the win here over Madcap with Karrion Cross and Scarlett indicating via tarot cards that they are now targeting Shinsuke Nakamura. For what reason? I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. Matt Riddle was warming up backstage. And he's getting ready for his match with Solo Sokoa. Then they showed Braun Strowman and Ricochet walking backstage for absolutely no reason. And the Viking Raiders attacked them from behind. And that set up a tag team match for next week. Another Viking Raiders and Strowman Ricochet match. Sounds like Vince McMahon's book and rematch is all over again. See more rematches in the last two weeks than we've seen in fucking seven months with Triple H running the show. You know, they're giving us Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory on Monday Night Raw. Why? Why is Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory a thing on Monday Night Raw again? I'm sure Triple H had a hand in that one, right? That, 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 that must be one of Vince McMahon's changes, huh? Solo Sokoa and Matt Riddle. Main event. Told you guys about Paul Heyman. Heyman announced in two weeks that the night one of WrestleMania, the main event of night one of WrestleMania will get rematched live in Corpses Christi. Great. What a great fucking place to do the rematch, man. Where the crowd are like the walking dead. Corpses Christi. Great. Solo and Matt Riddle in the main event. This guy's got ample time to get their shit in. Very good match. Always enjoy watching Matt Riddle wrestle. Always enjoy what WWE is doing with Solo Sokoa. Solo used his power, his size, and his strength here on Matt Riddle. Riddle kept going for a sleeper hold. 
Sokoa escaped every time Riddle tried the sleeper hold. Riddle tried fighting back, but the Usos interfered. Owens and Zayn argued with the Usos, resulting in the referee sending both teams, the Usos, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens, to the back and kicked them out of the ringside area. Riddle tried to take advantage with a roll-up. Sokoa recovered and took over. We go to commercial break. Riddle and Sokoa now back from break are trading shots back and forth. Sokoa got the best of Riddle. Sokoa slowed the pace down with a nerve hold, that death grip. Sokoa then missed the splash in the corner. This allowed Riddle to recover. Riddle fired up, exploder suplex. He missed a kick and a moonsault. He went for a broton, but Sokoa got the knees up. Riddle fought back with a floating bro, and he got a two count. Usos then returned to ringside after being kicked out of the ringside area. So Owens and Zayn come back out. Both teams are now brawling at ringside. The Usos took out Owens and Zayn with super kicks. Riddle then wiped out the Usos with a floating bro. Finish came when Sokoa caught Riddle with a super kick as he jumped into the ring. Sokoa then hit the Samoan spike for the one, two, three. So Riddle showed everybody that he was a fucking idiot. He distracted himself to go uh, attend to the Usos. Meanwhile, he gets back in the ring with the Savage, the Enforcer, and then fucks the entire matchup, and he loses because of his own stupidity. So that's it. One, two, three, Solo Sokoa wins, and he is on his way to doing big things, man. The only loss he's ever suffered so far on the main roster is to uh, Cody Rhodes. After the match, Sokoa gave Riddle a spinning solo onto the announce table. He then turned the table onto Riddle. Owens and Zayn lifted the table off of Riddle to check on him. Sokoa and the Usos celebrate and walk up the aisle as SmackDown comes to a close. Six-man tag team match booked for Puerto Rico. Book it. Should be great. Next week, we got Gunther defending against Xavier Woods for the Intercontinental title. Tag team championships on the line that I may actually sleep through because I don't give a single shit. Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan against Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green. Ricochet and Braun Strowman versus the Viking Raiders. And then in two weeks, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens defend the tag team titles against the Usos in Corpses Christi, Texas. SmackDown was fine tonight, man. Very ho-hum show. Nothing too crazy there. Nothing too crazy. But we got a draft in two weeks, so we're not going to really see anything play out until after the draft is concluded. So I hope you guys are uh, prepared for at least a couple of more weeks of boredom. Thank you guys so much for joining me, man. We will uh, have... Some major stories tomorrow, man. I uh, I am planning an extra tomorrow, so make sure you guys tune into that. We're going to talk about the King of the Ring and my thoughts initially on WWE, potentially as of right now, because we don't really know what's going on. Uh, my initial thoughts on WWE canceling the King of the Ring. We're going to talk about some uh, other stories that have that have dropped in the uh, the days here during the week. WWE apparently in talks with some significant new performers to bring into the company. And WWE is right now internally discussing how surprised they would be if Adam Copeland, Edge, 
actually jumped to AEW after his contract expires this year. So we got a ton of shit to go over tomorrow, man. So uh, tune into the extra. It will be uh, it will be a good one. It'll be a good one, man. Chock full of hot takes and opinions tomorrow. And uh, we'll get ready for that tomorrow, man. But thank you guys so very much for joining me on the podcast tonight. You guys are great. We're at 2,500 plus in here, upwards towards 2,600 on a Friday night. I appreciate you guys very, very, very much. We need 150 more likes, man, for 1,000. Can we hit 1,000 on the show tonight live? I would really appreciate it. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show, which is coming up in just a second. But first, I want to I want to talk about my great friends over at Blue Chew. Tonight's sponsor for the show, BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use code JD at checkout for your free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling, man. Blue Chew, the weather is warming up. The weather is warming up, man. And I know everybody is concerned about Vince McMahon's involvement and the fact that Triple H's long-term booking may disappear with Vince McMahon back in charge, man. But let me tell you something. You always have access to long-term booking, when it comes to Blue Chew, man, bluechew.com, code JD at checkout. Confidence, man, that's what Blue Chew provides. It takes you very far, man, no matter what you're doing. Confidence takes you far in life, no matter where you are. It also helps in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. It's a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets, and it comes at a fraction of the cost. You guys can take them anytime, day or night, and be ready whenever the opportunity arises, man. Plan ahead and be ready when that opportunity arises. The process is very simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com. You consult with one of the online medical providers, and once you are approved, you are going to receive your prescription within days. There's no waiting in line. It's all done online. No awkward conversations. No visits with doctors. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. And Blue Chew's tablets are made right here in the U.S. of A. Prepared and shipped directly to you in a very discreet package. So why not give Blue Chew a try, man? With all this fucking extra added confidence, why not give Blue Chew a try? BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Five dollars shipping and handling is all you have to worry about, man. It's a great deal. Bluetooth.com. I want to thank them for once again being a great friend and a great sponsor right here on Off the Script. Fahim with a five dollar super chat. Been listening to you for years, and it's the only entertainment in my life. Just went through a divorce, and yesterday my cousin lost to cancer. Please pray for her. Fahim, I, uh, I'm i sorry to hear that, brother. I'm sorry to hear that, man. You know where you find us, man. We will be that light. We will be that entertainment that you desire, man. Always. Let me see those prayer emojis from my guy Fahim in the chat, man. 
Pause with a $4.99. We'd love to see DIY versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania 40 next year for the tag team titles. I'd love to see that. Man, oh man, would I love to see that. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. I wonder if champs are exempt from being drafted. They shouldn't. Every member of the roster is a part of the draft. And if the U.S. title gets drafted to SmackDown, then Gunther moves over to Monday Night Raw, which I do believe Imperium moving over to Monday Night Raw might be the best choice for them. Grimsley. Thank you, brother. Two months in the OTS venue. NXT, Shinsuke Nakamura, hearing the full theme again, took me back to Sammy versus Nakamura at TakeOver Dallas. He needs to be a world champion already. I think we're uh, well beyond that, bro. I don't think Nakamura is ever going to win the big one. But, man, that that takeover, that match, oh, what a fucking match that was, huh? Michelle Moran with a five-dollar super chat. I hope Sammy and KO retain versus the Usos. They will. With Roman losing patience with the Usos, maybe after Backlash we see Roman cut ties with them. Maybe in Saudi we get Roman versus Jay. Could be. Could be. But Jay's not winning the world title. Angel Alaga with 13 months. Thank you, brother. After a brief hiatus, good to be back. JD loved your roundtable. You couldn't have picked three better people. Also, love your mother's basement. Awesome. Thank you, Angel. I appreciate you, brother. That roundtable is going to happen again. Keep a lookout for that, man. We want to keep it special. Josh Hart with a 199. Vince is hacking the stream. Uh, no, man. It's just my PC acting up and uh, the microphone that I had plugged in, the wireless microphone system that I use for uh, the other scene was acting up. So, again, I, I apologize for the uh, technical inconvenience. Um, campaign Poppy with a 199. Vince with the audio disruptions. Wouldn't be surprised, brother. Ray's uncensored with a five-dollar super chat. Omas's love, Omas's life. Omas keeps my blood pumping. Omas keeps my heart beating. I don't know where I would be without Omas. Rise up, Omo sapiens. Ray's uncensored has some fucking deep-rooted problems, bro. Maybe you need to get laid, Race. Deontay Smith with a 499. Cody is winning money in the bank in London for a rematch against Reigns at SummerSlam. Could be. I mentioned it. I talked about it. Eugene Morgan with nine months. I want to believe that when Cody first left AEW, he met with Vince and they hashed out plans for Cody to Cody's satisfaction. You would think. But like everything else, Vince says one thing and Vince ends up being a bullshit artist. And Vince ends up lying. He would lie to his own fucking mother. Vince got to where he was because he lied. Tootie Fruity with one month. I'm loving Shinsuke's new look. Also, I'm tired of LA Knight losing. I'm not surprised, though. And finally, there are probably going to be call-ups at the draft. Yes, there will be. 
NXT is included in the draft. Who is going to get called up? I don't know, but Braun Breaker may be called up. Basic with one month. Goldberg will dethrone Roman at the Saudi event. No. I do think that Goldberg will be with AEW at the Wembley show, though. That is my prediction. That's my hot take. N. Well, they 499. Jay, your idea of Cody winning at SummerSlam makes way more sense because he inducted his father in Detroit and Dusty made his WWE debut at SummerSlam. Listen, N, I'm sticking with my guns, bro. SummerSlam, I've, I, I called it. I called it, I called it, I called it. I'm sticking with my guns. I just gave you guys a hot take just based off tonight's show, man. Doughboy Games with a 499. What's good, Jay? The missed Raw and SmackDown this week was at the gym getting these gains to be the enforcer of the OTS Tribal Chief. Appreciate you, brother. I was at the gym today, man. We did, uh, we did, uh, the barbell deadlift today at 245. Definitely feeling it when I got home. I barely scraped myself up, uh, up off the couch to sit in this chair for two hours. Joseph Taylor with a $6 super chat. JD, as much as I respect Brett the Hitman Hart, I will always be a Shawn Michaels guy. Shawn Michaels has been a hero of mine since I was six years old. Well, that's good for you, Joseph. Uh, Shawn Michaels is my number one all time. We got a new member tonight. We got Nilism. What are you drinking tonight, bro? Patch is 127 with a $5 super chat. Wouldn't be shocked if the Saudi government forced WWE saying with the king and queen of the ring, crowning a queen in Jeddah, even if it's just wrestling. Dicey. Could be. We'll talk about it tomorrow, man. It's in the notes. But the fact that they named it Knight of Champions and Roman's got 1,000 days on the line. I don't know, man. It's going to be a big match. Tank, whoa, with a one month. Do you think they are even going to do King and Queen of the Ring this year? We'll talk about it tomorrow on the extra, brother. Bushi Clementine with a seven months. Haven't seen Bushi in the venue, man. What's up, bro? I was finally... I was initially upset at Cody not beating Roman at WrestleMania. Then you mentioned his lack of struggle. Valid. J.D. Wright is always OTS for life. Thank you, bro. You know, a lot of people didn't agree with that take, but clearly WWE saw that as the reason. David Wiley with a $5 Super Chat. Do you think MJF would have any success in WWE? Sure he is. Sure he would in WWE. Would he be the same MJF? No. That's what I worry about. Lord Quaz with a $5 Super Chat. Hey, JD, rumor going around is AEW Saturday Night Collision is going to be a live two-hour show. Thoughts? I hope so. I hope so. But that's what Rampage should be. Rampage should be their SmackDown. Sean Ray J with a $10 Super Chat. I get to go to night two of the draft on Raw, hoping I don't get a Vince Book show. My luck... I'm going to see the return of Veer Mahan to Raw and Shorty G. Well, bro, if that is the case, then you know Vince McMahon's back in charge. 
Tutti Fruity with a 199. Uh, favorites, King of the Ring winner that's not Stone Cold, Owen Hart. Easy. Sunir with a 110 in his currency. Big fan from India. So 110 in rupees. Big fan from India. I got back to WWE last August because of Triple H. Now this show is neither Vince McMahon nor Triple H is neither good or bad. Your call. Yeah, man, it's hit or miss. You know, some weeks it feels like Triple H, but we know Vince McMahon is still kind of looming. So it's a very weird situation. It creates a weird dynamic for the fans. You'll get those fans that are like, oh, you should just watch the show and enjoy it for what it is. Why do you complain? You got Vince McMahon living rent-free in your head. Meanwhile, these people just refuse to listen to the truth. They refuse to listen to anything that goes against their likes or their narrative. Those are the people that complain about it. But Vince is in charge. 100% he's in charge. E. Francisco with a 999. I stopped watching wrestling for 12 years, but for some strange reason, I got hooked again. Watching your videos makes wrestling a lot more exciting and fun. Keep up the great work, brother. Thank you, Francisco. Comment of the evening. E. Francisco, 32. Your nation's tea, 199. Pray you are right about Cody winning at SummerSlam. Have a pretty good feeling that's going to happen at SummerSlam, T. Also, the 499, your nation's tea. Hey, JD, when do you think they are going to bring Bray back? Uh, to be honest with you, T, I don't give a single shit. I don't. Bray's done. As far as I'm concerned, bro, presentation-wise, Bray's done. And Tony Baguette with a $5 Super Chat. I recently downloaded Red Skies. It sounds great in my car. Have you ever listened to it on a good system? Absolutely. It's not something I'd blast out the window, but it certainly is something I have tested out in the Mustang. I appreciate you guys very much, man. Thank you so very much for stopping by tonight. I appreciate y'all hanging out in the OTS venue. Smackdown tonight. Decent show. Nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy. But we got it done. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We need 50 likes. 50 likes for 1,000. Can we get it? Go check out yesterday's podcast, man. Episode 473 on the podcast. We talked about CM Punk and his scheduled return. There's dates and events now lined up with Punk's return imminent and why he needs to come back and what it means to all in for him to be back. Go check that out on the homepage right now. If you missed it, it's on Spotify, iTunes, and Blue Wire. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Thank you guys for the super chats. Thank you guys for the memberships, recommitments, and new members as well. And tomorrow we will get that extra out for you. It'll be in the sub boxes tomorrow afternoon. Look out for it.
Appreciate you guys very, very much, man. Thank you for the support tonight. Uh, listen. Tomorrow may be the last day you see me this week, man. May take Sunday off. Kind of recharge my batteries. But until then, guys, I appreciate you. Thank you for the support. And we will see you in the sub boxes tomorrow. OTS. We'll talk about King of the Ring being canceled and the other hot topics that broke coming out of last night's show. We'll talk about that stuff tomorrow on the podcast, man. Have a good night, and I'll see you guys tomorrow afternoon for OTS right here on YouTube.